Welcome back to another episode of A Bite of D&D, where we add flavor to your games and campaigns. This week, we had an episode planned, and then someone with far more presence and far better presentation beat us to the punch. So it's kind of morphed into a little bit of a response episode as well, but we figured we'd go ahead and throw it out there anyway. We are going to talk about splitting the party. And Matt Colville already had a pretty great episode on this just a couple days ago. So this is, like I said, this is kind of morphed into we're going to discuss what he's talked about. We're going to discuss our own experiences in that field, what we like, and just our own two cents. And for all one of you that listen to us that don't also follow him, first of all, go follow him and make sure you watch that video, that podcast Uh, whatever format you listen to, listen to that as well. But we're going to dive into this. So Zach, splitting the party, what are your thoughts? What do you think about what Matt Colville talked about? Let me know what you think. Yeah, so I I feel like he hit it right on the head with everything that he said. I am 99.9% on board with. I do think, though, that this is a topic that can spark controversy, especially online, especially to groups that have a different idea of what a game should be i would say it probably has a different feel or a different response to people who are used to playing a lot of old school or od and d or something like that like this is splitting the party the reason that it became as colville said the reason that it became a mantra i believe is that because at some point in time it was something that you absolutely would never conceive of doing but i think that now in 5e and and probably for editions earlier, but certainly in 5e where there's a whole new emphasis on story. Splitting the party is a sometimes necessity, sometimes mandatory action to further the plot, further the story beats of the individual characters where they need to go. And I would say that is increased with the exponentially with every person that you add to your group past four. I I would agree. A couple things I want to add on. I think, while mechanically, I would never call it easy to split the party. It's always going to be a rougher experience. I don't think there's any edition where it's more lenient than 5e. I think the math in 5e, especially when it comes to your hit ratios, especially at higher levels, and even to some extent on the saves, heavily favors your players. So I think there's more of an advantage in that field mechanically to your players than in past editions. So if if ever's the time to try it, to have that discussion with your players, I do think it's now. The second thing is really right along with what you said when it comes to your story and what you're attempting to do with a large, like a larger group. Obviously, the West March's style of game exists. Play by posts exists. But a lot of us want to get around the table together, want to get online together and have that group experience. And because D&D has largely for most people, I feel like, turned into scheduling simulator where occasionally you get to play D&D and roll some dice. I think oftentimes you have to do that in one big group. Colville hit on it a little bit in that the ideal way, I think, is split your party into two groups for the people who split here have one session people split on the others have one session and that that's great in ideal world but when you have the larger groups like in your game we have seven people seven players Um, one dm yeah eight yeah so when you're doing something like that 
I, I think it's very reasonable to, to split the party if it's something that you are able to handle because it takes a, it's going to take a long time to get through a round anyway. And when you have more things you want to accomplish, when you have more players that allow you to have that bigger story, I think it's inevitable that at some point you, you have that discussion about do you split the party. Yeah, I would agree. And so, yeah, I to me, when he was talking about, oh, just have it two different sessions, and he acknowledges that that's not feasible to many adults with jobs, careers, lives, families. But I think as far as that goes, in my life at least, I just throw that idea out the window. And so his next thing is, oh, yeah, this plate juggling, this you, you go to one group and then you go to another. To me, I am 100% down with that as far as I in my book, that is exactly what I want out of a lot of these these campaigns or sessions or whatnot is for the party to go off and for me to have to juggle those plates. I get excited when that happens. And I think sometimes my players think that I'm getting excited because I'm, they're giving me the opportunity to, to punish them for splitting the party. And, well, and I feel like that's a, a, a popular opinion, even among DMS. Yes. Uh, I think there's a lot of encouragement for how many TPKs do you have? Yeah. So I think a lot of players almost come to expect that we as DMS are evil, maniacal beings behind the screen we're really, a lot of time, we just want more opportunities to show off what we've made. Right. And I want to get into a little bit how my mindset on splitting the party more. But before I do that, there's one last thing that Colville says. There's another beat that he talks about, which is making sure that your players are okay with the consequences of splitting the party. That they understand that they're that they're signing up for a more diff- difficult experience and i think that that's 100 percent of extremely valid argument mike shea in uh, one of his recent blogs talks about good dms have bargains that they are happy to do with their players you know oh you want to do this cool thing well i will let you do it if you can if you can beat a higher dc or if you'll do this if you'll take disadvantage on the roll then i'll let you swing and if you hit you can do a crit whatever you know, giving those bargains and in the same way, splitting the party is a bargain between the PCs or between the players and the DM. The PCs are bargaining for maybe there's a race against the clock and they can accomplish more. Maybe it's that their characters have different goals and they want to try to individually achieve those goals. The characters, the players have their own priorities and they're bargaining those priorities to the DM in exchange for a slightly more or in sometimes incredibly more difficult experience at the table kind of backing up just a little bit sure i want to discuss the spinning the plates thing because i think the biggest thing to hit on is combat is always going to be rough and matt colville talks about that as well in fact he he almost goes so far as to say without outright saying it that he would just throw combat out the window he wouldn't split the party at all if combat is involved it makes it a lot more difficult to track to deal with that to try and handle the rising action that he discusses and having those cliffhangers and stuff for your parties as you switch between them. And it does certainly make it a lot more complicated. It's one of those things where I think those that play online have a little bit of an advantage. My games are all run through Fantasy Grounds, and because of that combat tracker and stuff on there, it's a lot easier for me to manage multiple groups than it were if I were sitting around the table with pen and paper and trying to remember where everything is at. So there is definitely some 
potential roadblocks you're going to run into in that regard. Uh, and again, I think it depends on your players and where you're at as a DM or the DM that you have, how you can make that work. Yeah, I would agree. And before I would get into anything else, I would say I just have one comment for players who might be listening to this. If you are a player and if you are considering splitting the party, you need to realize that what you're signing up for is taking a back seat for half of a session at least. You need to accept that and you need to put your full attention into being a audience member at that point. And I think that that's an incredibly awesome thing that you're doing. I mean, yes, you're going to get the limelight for a while, but then it's super cool, I think, if you're able as a player to sit back and say, now it's that group's turn and I'm going to watch and 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 be excited to hear what happens to them. That is That is something that I think is takes a very mature player to be willing to accept that and not immediately get on their phone or get up and go do something else or whatever while the other group is playing. Like the ability for you to sit there and listen and get enjoyment out of it and still be an active viewer, even if you're not an active participant, is a is an incredible ability for you to manifest. And I would say, obviously, a lot of the weight that does come down on the DM as well for the DMs listening Make sure that you are well prepared. If you've known this is a possibility that's coming up, you need to be able to tell a narrative that is gripping, that has action, that has some suspense, so that you can keep the attention held of your players that are now having to sit on the sideline. If you don't come in prepared and you kind of just half-ass it, it's it is going to be a rougher experience and this definitely is a more difficult thing to pull off well but if you do it i think everyone can enjoy the experience without feeling like they missed out on something yeah certainly definitely a chunk of that comes on the dm well speaking of the dm that's this is where i would like to get into maybe our thoughts to add to colville's a little bit if you're okay with going into that yeah so i've already talked to you a little bit about my mindset before the podcast, but I'll get into it a little bit for our viewers here. I take a little bit different road than Colville's suggestions here. So, and part of that is because I deal with a lot or at least several larger groups. And so when I'm running through an adventure, let's take Storm King's Thunder, which I'm running right now. I'm running it for seven people. If I just ran it as the book stated, they would walk all over this book. Just decimate it. So I artificially raise the CR of the encounters to match this large party size. And I think all of you would say, well, no, duh, that's obvious. You should definitely do that. So when this group splits, to, to simplify it slightly, 80% of the world tracks the size of their group. So if this, if this group splits, when this group splits, I will reduce the CR slightly of the encounters that each individual group will face. Nine times out of ten. Now, I'm not going to reduce it back down to a normal point. It's or still gonna eight be a, times out of ten? Yeah, there you go. Eight times out of ten. Uh, I'm gonna, so let's say, let's say in the book it's supposed to be a CR 2 encounter, and I raise it to a CR 5 because of the number of players. That's pretty high. If half the party leaves, I'm probably going to at least drop it down to a CR 4. It's still going to be incredibly challenging, but... but in my mindset, with my DM style, 
I say, this is a story about these characters, and one or two of them can die, and that's fine. And if tragedy and craziness happens and they all die, then it is what it is. But the story, just like any great story, is built for them. So I'm going to do the same. So, you know, Colville said at one point, the orcs that are behind the door are the same orcs and the same number that will be behind the door if you split the party. And I, I disagree slightly with that because in my mind, it does me no good as a DM to, to allow a split for good story reasons, for characters that have good reasons to, to go off in different directions. And then to say, well, I'm going to, because you did that, I am going to make, use these orcs to kill the three of you that stayed. It just doesn't feel like the right call. And I don't know, he probably would be further close. I, I would imagine that he's probably not on a hard line as much as I think that he insinuated that he was. But that would be where I would vary from him is I do change things based on the party size. And then as you kind of implied there, 20% of the time it is you should not be there. This is beyond your capabilities. It doesn't matter whether you've split the party or not. This is dangerous. Yeah, I think a great example, you said before this uh, podcast started that this this was going to be a story time episode, and uh, I think you're probably a little bit right. I had a DM years ago who we were playing a jungle campaign, and our scout rolled a really, really good survival check, and he spotted a T-Rex off in the distance. So we had an option there of avoiding it or attacking it. We were like level two, level three. It was like a CR5 or 6 or something like that creature. If we were going to fight it, it would take all of us and it would still be an incredibly hard fight. But we had that option. We could leave it or the group could have split. If the group split, God help them. You know, that that was it was going to be their death. But they had that choice and they knew that this was a raised stakes situation. This was in that 20%. And uh, it was up to them to make that bad decision. But I felt like the DM in that time and place gave us plenty of warning that this was this is not the next beat in our story. This is something that we stumbled into too early. Yeah. Well, and when it comes to, to my side and how I've handled it, Matt Colville made a comment about how he's hoping to stream some more so people can see his failures as well as the successes because you learn a lot from the failures as well and I, I think there's a lot of truth to that he uses the analogy of spinning plates and you're going to break a lot of plates before you learn how to do that well i've made some decisions pretty recently in my campaign i'm not sure it was a good decision as a dm i certainly am not <laughs> uh, i certainly don't believe it was necessarily a good decision on the player's part but he had a story reason for doing it, and I let it happen. My players were trapped in a magical snow globe with a bunch of yetis and stuff running around. And which, if you listen to our awful original episodes, was an idea I had said I had wanted to run. And if we start posting our campaigns, a lot of the things I talk about in these podcasts are slowly but surely making their way into my campaign. But he decided, my, my brother his, and his rogue decided that he was going to split up from the rest of the party, not because he wanted to betray them, but because he wanted to make sure they couldn't help any of the villagers in the party because he was beaten to a pulp for really quite reasonable reasons. He was made aware that if he was caught, there was pretty much no way for the rest of the group to help him. He was most likely going to be dead and have to make a new character. It made whenever we moved back and forth between the groups pretty tense whenever he had to make his checks to avoid the creatures in the mountains and make his way up. 
And it ultimately probably led to why the final arc of that piece of the campaign turned out the way it did. By being down an extra party member, it made it so he really couldn't get engage anything. The rest of the party was very leery of getting into any fights when they didn't have uh, one of their party members with them. Everyone was reacting by the seat of their pants to what they were told was going on. There was not a lot of thought or planning going into it. And because he burned a lot of the notes and information involved with where they were at, it ultimately, I would say, is probably the cause for why Zach uh, lost his character and why Phelan ultimately died. And you could say that that is due to bad DMing, to bad player decisions. And honestly, you're probably right. But I think at the time, everyone knew what the risk was. Everyone knew what the consequences were. And everyone was okay with that. And I think ultimately, it made it a much more engaging experience for the players involved than it would have otherwise been if they had stayed together. And I think you can definitely enhance your story and make it more interesting by splitting the party when it's done right, when everyone is in agreement with what it is they're trying to do. Yeah, I've got two two examples that go right along with that. The first is, and I think I throw this in just because it's a very, very bad Example, I played in a play-by-post game, which had the best of intentions. It had like six players, and within one week, every single player had split off and was doing his own thing. Six different directions within this little town. And within two months of trying to keep that game afloat, it had drizzled out and became nothing and disappeared and whatever. There has to be limitations on splits. There has to be. You split it off more than two or three ways, and it's unreasonable to expect the players to come back to that table. And it's something that Colville hits on as well. It's something you as a DM need to be able to say, I would love to accommodate you. I cannot handle it. I cannot do it. Well, and the other thing is like, okay, so if I'm going to give equal time to each six of you, or at least close to equal time, and I get, and we have a two hours worth of game time, then that means that each one of you is going to get 20 minutes and the rest. And so for an hour and 40 minutes of our game, you're going to sit there and I'm going to ask you to do and say nothing, which maybe for some people, that's exactly what they want. But most people show up with dice in hand, ready to play a game. So I, I would say that that's my word of caution is there's a limit to this, even though we're excited about saying, try it. I'm saying don't don't go overboard. And the last thing I would say or the last example that I would give is if you're looking for like, well, what is that? What does a split the party look like or what are the possibilities there? I would say look no further than Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. That is case in point the value of splitting parties. That story doesn't work nearly as well if the fellowship stays together for the whole trilogy. And honestly, the 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 individual story beats, the overarching plot, all of those things fall apart if they stay together. If they all go with Frodo, they get spotted, they get found, and the ring is returned to Sauron. If they all go with Aragorn or and go or Boromir and go to Minas Tirith, the ring is never destroyed and Sauron wins. Like it just doesn't work any other way than when that party is split. It and and the secondary benefit is that it allows these characters that up until this point have had very menial 
tiny roles that of Merry and Pippin and Legolas and Gimli and even Boromir, these characters mm-hmm. that have had to have the sidelines because they're always, their scenes up until that point have always contained Gandalf, Aragorn, Frodo, and Sam. Now, all of a sudden, that's not true. Frodo and Sam are well, Boromir doesn't get more screen time <laughs> as he gets killed. Right, but that's the perfect. That's that's why that's a perfect example is because he got more screen time, and that screen time cost was him, his death <laughs> was his, cost him his life. But I think that that's important. Like you said, the stakes get raised some when the, the stakes when are raised, and character death is potential. It, it adds some drama. It makes things more intense. And if your players are prepared for that, they can bring in Faramir down the road to replace their dead brother. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I just I love that as an example. And and obviously those split and they, they only come together way, 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 way down the road. And you hopefully can bring your party back together by the end of the session. But Right. You don't want to send to take it your entire campaign to loop everything back no, around. No, no, but but it's just a beautiful setup and it shows what good that good storytelling accommodates splitting the party. And to me, this is just me reinforcing Colville and saying, give it a shot. And if you're a player, don't let it be your mantra. Consider it from time to time and try bargaining with your DM to maybe see if you can get some variations to your game. I think for me, that covers it. I think a lot of the things we had planned are either very similar to Colville or overlap with Colville. So check it out. It's a great video. I think our own two cents Add just a little bit to that discussion. I think it's a discussion that is worth opening up to everybody. I think it is one of those things that benefits a lot from ideas being churned around because it is definitely something that has a very heavy stigma against it. And I think it's something that we as a community should push back a little bit against. Yeah, I'm going to make one little announcement before we get off here, and that is that we have high hopes of being at Gamehole Con coming up here at the beginning of November in Michigan. We hope to be running a ton of games again. So if you are a listener and you are going to Gamehole Con, come find us. We're gonna be we're gonna be running D and D nonstop pretty much every single day. Come find us, say hey. And if you're if you didn't have plans on going, I think that there's still plenty of seats available. Get on a plane, train or automobile and get yourself over there and come say hi. We usually have some swag in the form of Shirts, dice, something that we hand out while we're there. So if you see us, you listen to the podcast, let us know. We'll try and get you something. Yeah. uh, If you tell us that you are a podcast listener, I can promise you that I will dump gear on you because I would be ecstatic to get to talk to one or more people that listen to our podcast regularly. We're roughly 10 people away from being able to say that we literally have hundreds of people listening to us when we break a whopping 200. (laughs) So sounds way more impressive than tens of you that listen to us. Oh, we're doing great. We we love every single one of you. This is exactly what we wanted to make, and we're having a lot of fun making this podcast. So, But getting to see you all, any of you, would be a big bonus. So uh, definitely hit us up. Give Micah a shout out on Twitter if you're around at Game Hulk Con, and we'll come find you even if we can. So, 
Yep. In the meantime, feel free to follow us on Twitter, on Facebook. We are at a bite of D&D. If you leave us a review on iTunes, it helps out a lot. I have seen that several people have actually gone through and done that. And we have an official actual rating on iTunes now because we have enough reviews for that. Nice. So thank you so much. It does help a lot. We're having a lot of fun doing this. We are approaching our one year mark, so we'll probably have some bonus content coming up in the coming month or so for you guys and in the meantime we will catch you next time yep we'll see you later bye